0: Welcome to Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Now here are your hosts, Nina and Brian Dixon.
1: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. We're here with episode number seven. We're just going to jump right into it today, I think. Um, We started last week a kind of like a little segment in the beginning of lifestyle tips This week we have another one for you, except we're going to keep it super, super, super short. So, Brian, this is more for men, so I'll let you take this. Um, I'll give you a little hint of what I want you to talk about. Egyptian magic and coconut oil and shaving.
0: All right. So there's this product out there called Egyptian magic, and it is exactly like it sounds, pure magic. But I've been using this for a while when it comes to after shave, uh, it's basically like a consistency of a petroleum jelly, but the actual ingredients in it are like olive oil, beeswax, bee pollen, uh, and divine love. <laughs> 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 and, uh, but but uh, the the product itself is really good. It's very simple, very minimal ingredients. But what I've been doing for a while now is instead of using shaving cream, I will use coconut oil on my face and not use any shaving cream. So coconut oil is obviously free from the chemicals that are inside of most men or women's shaving cream. And so what I'll do is I'll just put coconut oil on, I will shave, and then afterwards, I will put a little dab of this Egyptian magic. And
1: then You use Egyptian magic as your moisturizer
0: afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And you use
1: coconut oil. It's actually from Whole Foods, Nature's Way. 100% 100% virgin, cold-pressed olive oil. So it's kind of hard when you get it in a little container, and then you take it and you use it as shaving cream, basically. Yeah,
0: it was virgin until I got up in it. So. Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay. So that's a little tip for you guys. What um, benefits have you seen thus far?
0: It's just very basic ingredients, and I feel like the benefits I've seen so far is that there's no irritation like I've had with other stuff before, and there are... Uh, a lot of like moisturizing benefits in terms of like my skin never is dry it's always uh, in a really good state and then i get like these people that'll question me when i'm walking down the street and it's like it looks like the egyptian god of horus is shining down on your skin right now and it's beautiful and besides that nothing nothing really so those are the big thing so
1: you do have really good skin though
0: so yeah it's been a super big help i recommend it so coconut oil when it comes to shaving and then Egyptian Magic is the uh, moisturizer. moisturizer used afterwards. And it is uh, super, super basic, but very, very helpful. We usually get it at Whole Foods. That's where you can buy it at.
1: All right. On to our topic of our day today. The topic that we're going to talk about today is actually one of my favorites. And it's also one of Brian's favorites. And I think it's because we've spent many, many years practicing it. Is that safe to say? Sure. Sure. Um, also, we have a new setup, which I just have. To, I, if you catch my voice going in and out, it's because I'm trying to look at Brian, and he's sitting on my left hand side now. Because we now have a podcasting table, like normal people, and we're facing the window as opposed to facing ourselves. So my voice goes in and out. In case you guys are wondering why this sounds a little different today. Anyways, we're speaking about manifesting. There's three reasons why I really, really like this topic. Um, the one is that I really play around with this almost every single day. The second is it forces me to learn more about us as humans and as creators in the universe. I think it really helps me like understand and like seek out information on, you know, how is it that some people are able to achieve the things that they have achieved in their life whereas others have not? You know, how is it that some people can cure themselves of diseases and others can't? I do think that there's a differentiating factor there that plays some part or some role in their thoughts. And the third reason is it absolutely leads me to read books or go outside my comfort zone and look up authors and information and do a lot of research which kind of keeps me going. I feel like as a Gemini I always need to be like, you know, inloading information into my brain. So those are three reasons I love manifesting. I started to learn about this back in 2012 when I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And shortly thereafter, I read The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Byrne. I don't know how to say her name. I highly recommend both books. I know we've mentioned both of them in our previous episodes. The Secret, which is the second book I mentioned, also has a movie out, which is available both on YouTube and Netflix and goes really, really deep into how to manifest on a very simple, basic, like one, two, three level.
0: Nina and I, in fact, are such big fans of manifesting and have realized its monumental impact and how real of a thing it actually is that we named one of our companies Manifest Ventures for that very reason. Oh,
1: yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. That's right. Anyone who doesn't know what exactly manifesting is, it's intentionally creating what you want. Everyone has the ability to manifest anything they desire. So I don't know how else to explain this. Maybe you can help me explain it, Brian. Like Literally... I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you do, in what circumstance you are. Every single human being has the ability to manifest.
0: Yeah. It's basically an energetic type thing. So when you think about any type of thing within your life that you want or that you desire or that you don't want or that you don't desire... That's gonna manifest as well. And we'll get into this more in depth when we talk about some of the metaphysics behind how manifesting occurs. But the universe responds to your thought processes. And so, for example, you always want to be thinking in a mindset of what you want as if you already have it and visualizing that and not what you don't. And we'll get into that more later in the episode.
1: And this isn't some new age teaching. It's actually been around in Vedic texts from ancient India to teachings from ancient Egypt as well. You can Google all this information. But many of you might be thinking like, why haven't I heard of this or You know, oh, I've heard of this and it's like magic or mysticism. Well, the reason that most of us have not heard of it is because we were not taught this growing up. I don't know why. I have no reason. It's almost like it's it's looked upon as some mystical power to those of us who maybe slightly know more about it. But you'd think that it's only something you would see happening in like a Doctor Strange movie. But you may have heard of manifesting under a different name called the Law of Attraction which states that by focusing on positive thoughts, a person brings about positive experiences. Or the opposite, a person focusing on negative thoughts brings upon negative experiences. We're taught the complete opposite of what manifesting and law of attraction is. And to be very clear, it's that we have to work very hard and that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But the truth is, That the power to manifest the life that you want is absolutely within you and it's within your thoughts. So to maybe clarify that a little bit, think of it like if you grew up knowing or being fed that, hey, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, then you're going to go out and just do what your parents did or what your family did. And you're always going to think like, I'm only going to make this amount of money or I'm just going to be this way. Do you agree with me? I don't know. I just had a thought without effort that when... Why is it that most families or most, you know, financially well-off families do have kids who also do very well?
0: So I think there's a couple different reasons. There's probably a lot of different reasons, but a couple that come off the top of my head would be around the understanding of how that wealth is generated. If the parents are educating their children about what that process is like. Uh, another potential way that that could occur is maybe the parents are busy and they never really taught their children that, but just through being around it in immersion, the kids picked up and learned about it. Um, another thing could be around evaluating how that family's mindset was when it came to business and when it came to accumulating assets and reducing liabilities or they could just be well off because they inherited a bunch of money from their family. Like we can't leave something like that out too, but no,
1: I don't think that it's a, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement, but there was a big section on this in a book that I read and it said, it's because if a kid grows up in an abundant home in an abundant mindset from the very early days, that kid's not told no, that kid grows up seeing plenty of food Nice sneakers, nice clothes, nice things, like always provided for. You can still be, you know, grow up in an environment like that and have a structure of discipline financially as you grow older. Of course. You know, but if that kid is always around abundance and sees that, there's this almost like, I don't want to call it programming, but that's what it seems like. Like their beliefs are being shaped in those younger years.
0: There's actually a really good book by a doctor named Bruce Lipton who wrote this book called The Biology of Belief. And one of the concepts that he lays out in that aligns with this point that you're making, Nina, which is that show me a child's environment in the first seven years of their life, and I'll tell you exactly what they'll be like when they're an adult. And his concept here is that your entire environment that surrounds you at all times, especially in the first seven years of life when you're Mind is being formed by your environment the most is that whatever is happening around you and whatever type of experience you are having, that'll be what is subconsciously programmed into you. And so when you get older, you are going to be projecting those same types of things in some form or fashion.
1: Agreed. We as human beings are meant to create. And if you can just stop for a second and really think about that statement for a moment. You know, we, we've created this, this structure, this life, right? We've created this ecosystem. We create homes, we create relationships, we create other human beings, we create businesses, we create food, we create ideas. We're constantly creating our whole world is a creation.
0: I just created the opportunity to eat like four cupcakes right before this episode (laughs) and they were delicious. We
1: needed a sugar rush for this. The creation part though can come about any way, right? It's not controlled. Different people, different ways of creating, different times, different inspiration. We literally think a thought and that's when the creation comes about. And feel free to stop me if I'm getting like confusing here and not clear. Like you have to think about something before you're supposed to bring that thing into this world. So for example, if I want to create a makeup line, I first have to think it So thinking is your very, very first step. And I think that's what manifesting really hones in on is the thinking part that are you thinking of creating this business line or are you thinking that you cannot create this business line? So all I'm trying to focus on in this moment right now, at this point, the podcast is thoughts like you think it and that's when it comes about. And I think many of us go through life not understanding or realizing things don't just appear. People just don't achieve success, right? Things just don't happen. You don't just go out and get that new car. There's a lot of thinking that goes into it, right? It's first a thought, and then it becomes a reality in our physical physical world. So think of it this way. I want a new car or a new home, and then it moves into my physical world. So step one is a thought or a desire it's mental or it's heart focused. Then you take steps or actions to acquire it somehow. So, right there in step one, in the thinking and thought process, is where I think most people get lost and get confused. And that's why manifesting doesn't seem to work for them. But here's why because many of you might be listening to this and be like, oh, I've written it down. I've thought about it. I always think about finding my true partner. I always think about, you know, manifesting that dream job or that promotion, like whatever it is that you guys really want at this moment. You could be kind of internally saying, no, I have done that and nothing came about. Well, here are some reasons why maybe your manifestation is not coming to fruition. The first reason could be we create doubt. Most of our doubt on something that we desire comes from outside sources, beliefs, or judgments or opinions of other people. This goes back to what Brian had mentioned a couple minutes ago, that our beliefs shape our mindset.
0: And when it comes to doubt, it may be something that you're not even aware that you're doing at first. And so you have to actually recognize it. But say, for example, you have this goal that you're trying to hit and you're trying to manifest it, you're writing it down, you're thinking about it. But then when you step outside of that and you carry on with your day, you are getting outside external pressure from other people in your life And then all of a sudden you start questioning yourself saying, do I really want that? Is that really the best thing for me? Do I really desire this goal? And immediately when you start doing that, you are shifting the frequency at which you are resonating that manifestation. And when that occurs, it's confusing the universe. And so, for example, if you really want something, you should be constantly in a state of, I already have this and I'm grateful for it, that I have this in my life right now. Not doubting, fearing, or having anxiety about how you're going to get it, or that it's not here yet, or maybe you don't deserve it. Because if you have that mindset, you'll perpetually get stuck in that cycle, and you won't attain it. So you really have to make sure you stick in a mindset of, I already have this, and I'm grateful for it. Gratitude is one of the best ways to shift your mindset into a positive focus for manifestation, because it's very difficult, if not impossible, to be grateful for something, something and anxious worrisome or fearful at the same time so stick with that
1: the second reason why you're manifesting may not be working is your choice of words which does affect whatever you speak into the universe think into the universe has a major effect so you might be talking about it in a negative manner now this is going to sound very similar to what brian just said but try to follow me on what i'm going to say i wish i could get a new car So now you're manifesting the wish to get a car in the future. It's a wish.
0: It's a future event that you're projecting, not an event that has already happened.
1: Agreed. So to manifest a new car, you have to say, when you walk outside to your old beat up car every morning, you have to say, I love my new car. I'm so grateful for it. And just picture and vision the one that you do want. That's how you start to align your thoughts your desire and your emotions, and you're bringing them into the present moment as if they're already there. A subpart to this is if you're negative, not in the sense that you're negating what you're trying to say and you're pushing it off in the future, but you're negative in the sense that, pretend, uh, you know, you, I'm trying to think of like an easy example here a health issue, or you don't have a health issue, I'm sorry. And so you're walking around saying, oh my God, I feel so sick my God, I have a headache, you know? And if you're out there projecting that, I guarantee you in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months, you're going to attract something in your body or vice versa. If you are sick or something, the doctor did diagnose you with something or your hands are hurting or your head is hurting, whatever it is, don't keep going outside into your world at work, at home, at school, with your friends and complain about it and keep putting it out there. Because if you're saying, I feel sick, or I have the worst migraine, that's what you're going to continue to attract. If you ignore it and take the quiet necessary steps to heal it and just vision yourself being completely healthy and pain-free, you will recover that much quicker. Absolutely. The third reason that you might not be manifesting what it is that you want to is that you're not feeling it enough with your emotions. Sometimes I feel in life, with all the things that we have going around, it becomes difficult to focus on the things that you want and actually feel them before they're really there. It's it's easier for us as humans, I feel, to to look at something and say, I wish I could have that, like the lack of it or the thing that it's not there or it's not happening quick enough for you. Whereas all we have to do is shift our little mindset to like maybe pretend. And by pretending, I mean imagination. That's why us humans have imagination and I don't think we use it enough is if you can continually bring yourself back to the imagination point and really feel like, I don't know, give us an example. Like we feel something that's there.
0: Sure. So something that I actually manifest sometimes is this concept of a home specifically in La Jolla in San Diego and a home that overlooks the beach. And every morning I have this visualization where I Feel the shades open as the sun rises, and then the windows crack, and you can actually hear the ocean coming in and really feel that. Smell the ocean air, visual, visualize that scenario as if I'm sitting there, waking up, getting to walk uh, down the hall into an in home gym that I have, and I can work out overlooking the beach and really feeling the sun come through that room and really just allowing yourself to be creative. Close your eyes and envision it with all of your senses. Because when you are actually out experiencing different things in life, your sense, you're you're breathing things in. You're noticing the different smells in the air. You're noticing heat or cold on your skin. You're noticing what you're hearing. What are the external sounds that are coming in at that time? Is it the water crashing over the sand? Whatever that happens to be. um, In any circumstance when you're manifesting it, you have to actually put yourself mentally in. the environment as if it's happening right this second. And when you do that, that's when you start to really accelerate the pathway to allow these things to come to fruition.
1: Another word for that would be daydreaming. Exactly. You know, be be able to easily take yourself there and you might say, well, no, it's not that easy. I think a really easy way of doing it is to have a screensaver or a background on your computer that you see every day. You have that for the house. I have one for a certain car. I have things for um I have certain people like on my computer saved that I know in business, I would like to be like them. So have little reminders or pictures or images off Google to help you envision the things that you do want. The fourth reason you might not be manifesting what it is that you want is it might not really be happening because it's not what you really desire. This one, this one like takes me back to the growth mindset, right? Like you really have to... Get super honest and clear with yourself before you go on a path to like manifesting something.
0: Exactly. And a good example of this in my personal life is I was on this path back when I was in school to pursue the legal route, right? I was working in the personal injury space. And at the time, I really wasn't interested in doing it. I just hadn't figured out what I did really want to do yet, as I was kind of going through that process and going through law school. And I kept having hurdles and challenges that were put in my way that looking back on it now was actually the universe trying to redirect me in different areas. And so as I kept trying to push towards this thing that I truly didn't want in my heart, the universe kept putting roadblocks in my way and then trying to redirect me. And for example, whenever I decided to no longer pursue the legal route after law school, I had watched a movie on Netflix actually called Something Ventured, which just a random movie. I was flipping through the movies and caught this one. It caught my eye. And what the movie was about was about the people that basically created the concept of venture capital in Silicon Valley. So these are individuals like Don Valentine, who created Sequoia Capital, one of the biggest ones in the world, and Kleiner Perkins and some of these other massively successful venture investment firms. And for some reason, when I watched that, it really clicked in me. And I was like, this is really fascinating. Like, I've, I I found it very interesting to work with the startup companies, how they were discussing in the movie the investment mechanics and how they help these companies grow and scale And at that time, I said, you know, I don't know anything about this space, but it kind of lit a fire in me to figure out more, and I was very interested. And so what I actually did is I looked back in the movie at the guy in there, his name was Don Valentine, one of the people they were interviewing, multi-billionaire, created uh, one of the most successful venture firms in the world, entrepreneur himself, and I found his information online and shot him an email, and then I would literally sit there and manifest as if he had responded to me and reached out, never really expecting that he was going to at first. But then I started to really put myself in a mind frame that I would talk to him. And then about a week and a half later, I got a phone call from him from Silicon Valley. And he was like, Hey, is this Brian? And I was like, yeah. And he talked to me for about an hour and a half and gave me really, really good advice. And I literally sat there for probably seven days before that, just visualizing in my head that I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew that he was going to reach out and contact me.
1: So see, doors do open and and you can manifest what you want if it's actually what your heart truly wants. So I'd, I'd always say first double check, like, are you doing this because your parents are telling you to do it? Are you doing it because the world wants you to do it? Or there's opinions and judgments of you and an expectation of you, but your heart is not in it. Definitely be very clear because I feel like if you're doing everything else right, that'd be the only thing stopping you. The fifth reason is something actually has worked out and manifested for you but you're not noticing it. So if we, and this will take me to a really deep point that we also miss when it comes to manifesting, you might be asking for more money, for example. I don't know why we keep using the example of money. It's just like an easy thing to talk about. I feel like it's easy (laughs) because there's so
0: many people out there that are in a lack mindset when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. And they're always like, I wish I had more money. I wish I had this job that paid me more. It's a very relatable Subject manner, so that's why we're using it because I feel like it will resonate with a lot of people. But a lot of people's mindset is, I wish I made an extra hundred grand, or I wish I had this, or I wish I had that, as opposed to having what is the correct mindset to resonate at the proper energetic frequency to manifest, which is, I already have it and I'm grateful for it.
1: Yeah, so you know, you might be asking for more money, and you go to work that day, and you end up, you know, your boss comes to you and says, Hey. Like I've got this brand new project. Uh, We landed a new client, and you're going to be working on him to give you a team, and you're going to get a big bonus on it. That's going to that bonus is your more money that you were asking for, but you see, it's disguised as more work, right? It's disguised as something you have to do as an opportunity. So you did ask for more money. You just got it at work through a bonus through a project that can give you a bonus. Another example would be, which I actually saw this as a meme on Instagram made me laugh. So I'm not going to take the credit for this, but it was a meme of the girl saying, universe, I've been asking you for more money, more money. I wasn't asking you for my boss to come and make me cover more long hour shifts for the next three weeks during my summer vacation. But again, those extra shifts at work are going to give her the money that she was asking for. So, in doing this, this all brings me to my sixth point. Fifth and sixth kind of go hand in hand. You have to be very, very detailed and precise when it comes to what you're trying to manifest. If you want to win the lottery, then say that. Don't say, I wish I could get a job or I could get an opportunity to make more money or land more clients. Like, If you really just want easy money, start saying it, start thinking it, start feeling it. And I don't want to say that everyone starts thinking this, that it's going to happen, but... You get my point. Like you have to be very clear with what you want. If I, if I have goals for myself, which I'm going to talk later about and I'm writing them down, then you better believe that I have numbers down to a T. I have a financial goal in numbers down by what age I have a financial goal of my businesses until like what revenue per year I want, or in what countries I want to launch my business in. Like I'm so particular and so detailed because I've actually had like more than one instance in life at, at this point where I've asked the universe for something and it, it did give it to me. It just not in the way that I wanted. And so I've learned to be very detailed in particular about that stuff. Do you have an example?
0: Yeah. So this is a pretty basic one, but it, it worked basic out bitch. really well. That's right. But there was one where I was working and I was in an office and we had this beautiful office space. It was really nice, but about 15 minutes away, they had just been building this brand new innovation district in St. Louis. It's called the Cortex Innovation District. At the time, I was in this really awesome co-working space called T-Rex, and we were downtown St. Louis. And I used to think about being in this new innovation district. It was really modern, the offices were very Google-esque. It was a mixture of like investment firms, corporate innovation departments, and technology-focused startups, pharmaceutical life science startups. And the district that they were building was just really innovative. And I was I would visualize myself working in an office there. And the office space there was very, very expensive compared to where we were at the time. And I used to sit there in my mind and think while I was like working at work that I was actually in this new office space over there. Didn't know how it was going to happen, but just visualizing myself working out of the space, kind of, um, you know, closing my eyes and thinking about the different sounds I would hear there, visualizing what it would look like looking out my window in that new space. And just feeling and knowing that it was going to happen, but I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And then soon enough, not too long after doing it, it was probably six to eight months after I had this little ritual of constantly visualizing and thinking about being working out of the space, uh, I got a notification that we had landed a corporate partnership that we were working on. And as part of this new corporate partnership, they were actually going to sponsor us to work out of that new space. And so we moved in there in 2016 and have been there ever since. And it's been amazing. And I literally sat there and visualized that for about six to eight months before it happened.
1: So by learning like these secrets of manifesting, you can begin to change your thoughts. And when you change your thoughts, now I hope you guys can realize that you can also change your life. You can like really remain focused on what you want to happen. And soon your greatest desires will absolutely manifest. You've probably noticed also that like you're constantly thinking about something. I mean, I I know I am. You are too, right? Like you're driving, you're thinking about something. You're in the shower, you're thinking about something. It's about where you want to go, what you want to achieve, maybe what you have to make for dinner later, a meeting that you have later. Your mind is constantly thinking. Therefore, your mind is constantly manifesting something. So I think that's very important to know and keep in the back of your mind at all times. And everything right now happening in your life is a reflection of what is happening inside of you. I know there might be some resistance to that statement that I just made, but I have honestly looked at mine at times and there are things in my life that I don't like, or I don't, I wasn't a part of it. I didn't create them. I didn't ask for them. But if I look at what I, what I wasn't on the inside as a person or my thought processes back then, I can certainly see, honestly be able to say, yeah, I manifested this situation into my life. Um, I wasn't the most positive at the time, or I was self-centered at the time. Whatever it might be, I think that we should really be able to honestly look at ourselves and say, you know what? My current reality isn't what I want it to be, so I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to change what I'm always thinking about and what I'm always putting my energy on. And not everything... I know like people are like, well, why can't we just like manifest things and like something bad comes into my mind and doesn't always happen? I think there's a buffer. Um, by nature, us humans have a buffer, and I think it's called resistance. So I can't just think something really negative right now and like poof, it's going to happen. No. There's time. It takes time. It takes belief. And it also takes a little bit of action and faith on our part. And all those things take a little bit of time. They say it takes 21 days to create a habit.
0: Twenty-one days. Sometimes I think it's actually thirty plus days. Maybe it's twenty-one to create a habit, a new habit, or break an old break habit. Break an old
1: habit, yeah. And to subconsciously program your mind into a belief, um, especially for deconstructing an old one and making a new belief in your mind, it takes almost like ninety days, I believe, of like constant repetition. So that's why we don't always get what we want so quickly, whether they're good or bad. Um. You always have to ask yourself in every moment. And I know this This took us like a lot of years. I mean, I've been doing this since 2012. Even while I'm sitting here, I'm trying to focus on the podcast and not thinking about other things that I have to do. Or like when Brian and I are thinking about taking a risk in business or do something, we come from, and maybe you can help me elaborate this, we come from a moment or we come from a time where it's normal to sit around a big table in a conference room and banter back and forth and, you know, think about all the possible risks and all the possible like things that could go wrong and the financing and the money thing, all that could be said. But when you and I look at something lately, because we don't have a huge board of directors or anything like that, we see possibilities, potential, positive things that we can do. If it is a risk, how... in all the ways that it could work instead of focusing on the negative, I would say. And that's just not the norm in our society these days. These big, large corporations or the jobs that you probably work at, they kind of have a saying, but I'm a realist.
0: Yeah. That's a deadly, deadly saying.
1: Hey, everybody. I really do hope you love Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn a PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or maybe if you want, even donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code just for you. Simply use our code, Deep Thoughts and you'll get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code, DeepThoughts. I swear it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Three elements of manifesting. In the second half of this podcast, we're going to talk about three main things that people can focus on when they're trying to manifest. And it's going to kind of like sound similar, but I'm trying to like concise it all together to make it easy for people. So the first thing will be what you think about, you bring about. In other words, what you focus on, you find. And I have an exercise for you guys. Are you going to do it with me?
0: Sure, let's do it.
1: Think about the color blue. Now look around For the color blue. I bet you see the color blue now. I just saw this, like, right here. This wasn't even planned. (laughs) And now, can, can you recall seeing any yellow? Probably not. But now look for the color yellow. You probably found a lot more yellow than you originally noticed. So see, this goes back into you can focus on something and start to see the evidence of that in your physical reality. But you have to remember... When you're thinking about something to be extremely detailed. The second thing I'm gonna let Brian talk about this one is we all have a vibration or frequency that either welcomes the thing that we want to manifest or it blocks. So, you know, it could be true love. It could be happiness. It could be peace of mind, joy, new car, new home, anything. And for this example, we'll use money since it's easy to talk about. So we all have a vibration. I do. Brian does. You do that welcomes money or it blocks money.
0: Yeah. So when you're thinking about this from a physics or science perspective, and Nina was mentioning that everybody has a different energetic frequency or vibration that they're resonating at. And when you are in a mindset of I'm trying to accumulate something or I want something You are putting yourself at an energetic level that is actually pushing that a little tiny bit away from you and ahead of you than if you were to say, like we've mentioned before in the episode, that I already have this. This is the feelings I have when I have this, and this is how grateful I am for whatever this is. And so the reason it works like that is because you are creating an energetic force field in a sense of what you are manifesting into your life as if you were already having it, experiencing it, enjoying it, whatever that thing is, as opposed to projecting something that you wish you had or you want to have at a future date. And so when you do that, the universe works in your favor and begins to open up avenues and opportunities to put you on that path faster so that you can gain whatever it is that your mind is focused on as if you already have it.
1: I have an example and I think that you're going to be able to elaborate on it or you have something like a better example of this, but in the startup world or in the business community, you have entrepreneurs starting out businesses and sometimes these entrepreneurs don't even realize that they have a resistance to money or they have a lack of money. Here's just one example. Aren't some of them sometimes shy or hesitant or scared or don't believe in promoting their services or actually asking for money for their product or services when they're like just first starting out?
0: Yeah, very common thing with early stage businesses is underpricing the value that's being provided. And when you are doing that, it's basically putting your business in a situation where you're not making nearly the amount that you could to generate revenue from a customer. And so a lot of entrepreneurs, especially at the very early stages when they're just pushing a product out to market and they're trying to generate users with it, will actually dramatically underprice their product or service. And because of that, they're doing that because in their mind, they're saying, you know, this is... Not valued at what I think it is when you should be actually overpricing your product and letting people talk you down if they think it's too high or take the feedback off that because it's always easier to lower the price of a product than it is to raise the price after it's out in the market initially. But a lot of people will have that mind state of, I just don't think I can get that much for it, or I'm not as confident in what this product is yet. And so they'll, they'll basically put a price on it that is much lower than what they should do.
1: I think another example is many people, and I know this this will be a financial literacy episode eventually at some point in the future, but I think many people don't, young people don't invest their money because they have a scarcity mindset. They want to take their money and save it. And I know that I've been uh, guilty of doing this too, (laughs) but we should all have the mindset of, hey, if we have X amount of income being generated, we should actually tax, quote unquote, tax ourselves 20% and take that 20% and go invest it into stocks or bonds or crypto or another business or maybe yourself into another side hustle that'll make you more money. But the reason, the root reason why we don't do that is because we're afraid To spend that money when in reality that's not spending, that's actually creating more money. But you think it's leaving my hand, and therefore, you know, it's not in my savings account. So oh my gosh. You know the 1% of the 1%? They don't have savings. Like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk didn't start off with savings at any any in their 20s or 30s. They didn't waste their time on that. These guys made income and invested it, or made income, saved it to a certain amount of time, and then went off on their own and created companies out of that money. You need revenue, income generating, profit making streams of income in life. And that's a wealth mindset. That's an abundant mindset, not a scarcity that I have to save, 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 scrap, 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 and then live off like pennies and dimes when I'm retired. Um, and I have actually have another one too. I think that when people are resistant to money, they don't make the right decisions. Like they're not open to making smart, um, diversifying, like, you know, diversifying their portfolio decisions. They're kind of always like checking themselves or they don't even know how to spend on something that makes them feel good, you know, like on a, on a pair of new uh, running shoes because they love to run so much. They're kind of just, how do I explain it? They come off as maybe down to earth and not materialistic, but if you really dig deep, it's, it comes from a fear of losing money.
0: Yeah. Something I see with startups a lot is this fear of growing too big to become too successful. There's a lot of companies that have this vision of, oh, I want to become a hundred million dollar in revenue company and get acquired for this amount in five years. But then they're fearful about actually doing it. They make decisions that is completely counterintuitive to those goals. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of it is just kind of a fear about success. Some people have a fear of success. And they don't actually go do things to make it happen in their lives because they're afraid that they may fail or they may make a wrong decision. And it kind of cripples them and paralyzes them. But I see this a lot with companies where they've got this big vision for what they want to accomplish. But then they make decisions in the business that are based out of lack or fear that don't take them there. So for example, maybe they're a business owner and if they really want to take it to the next level, they need somebody who's a really good operating officer, like a chief operating officer for their company, because maybe they're very product focused or maybe they need a really good person at sales and they would go out and find somebody and maybe they interview the perfect candidate who could really be an amazing add on to their team. But they don't move forward with them, maybe because they're afraid of that person being smarter than them in a certain area or more effective than them in managing different aspects of the business. And instead of actually bringing that person on board and having confidence that that's the best decision for the organization out of fear, they will not do it, which then causes their business to remain stagnant.
1: That's a good example. So, so far in the three elements of manifesting, we have what you think about, you bring about. And number two that we just covered is we all have a vibration or a frequency that's welcoming our manifestation or blocking our manifestation. This third one could be a topic all on its own, but I'll try to keep it short and simple is the power of your subconscious mind. While you're listening to this podcast, while we're recording this podcast, our bodies are already doing their natural things, right? Our breathing, our heart, you know, we're able to you know, talk about things, like articulate our words, there are things that are happening without us trying to, and that's our subconscious mind. So if you haven't heard about it, there's a ton of books on it. I definitely suggest you guys read. I think one of the first places when people go down this path of growth mindset and manifesting is the subconscious mind, because there's a lot of ways that you can program it. But the reason it's coming up now as a third element of manifesting is because Our subconscious mind is programmable. So if we have all grown up in homes where maybe we weren't, uh, we weren't like raised in an abundant mindset, or maybe we were not raised to be confident people, or we were told that we have to do things just like everybody else does because they did it that way. These are all limiting beliefs. They have a cap on them. That's like a ceiling. You know, it's not like, I can go out there and do anything I want. I can manifest it. I can think about it and I can have inspired action and make it happen. So the first thing is to reprogram your subconscious mind to create the life that you want.
0: No ceilings.
1: No ceilings. Exactly. And this matters because those thoughts now in your subconscious mind create the beliefs of what you deserve, of what you can create in this life, of what kind of life you can have and live. Of what you can ask for, what you can go out there and work for, all those thoughts and beliefs affect this. And that affects what you choose to manifest for yourself. I mean, why is it that some of us can sit in our rooms as teenagers and wish to be you know, famous rappers and believe it and do it? And another kid can do the same thing, but he's being raised in a family who's telling him he's never going to make a living off of that, or that's not for him, or... You know, it's not a sustainable, like, lifestyle, whatever it may be. It's because you have to control your subconscious mind, not other people.
0: That's right. And, you know, I used to play video games when I was growing up and in, like, middle school. And my parents would be like, Brian, you're never going to make a career out of video games. And I don't know, if you look at it now, look how much these esport gamers are getting paid.
1: So are you telling me that you let somebody else program your subconscious mind
0: i did it was because you're not a gamer I, right now you're right it was before i was aware but i used to game pretty hard when i was in middle school a lot of grand theft auto i believe but it. I actually it was funnier because my dad used to i used to come home at night and i'd hear like giggling in the basement and i'd walk downstairs and my dad would be playing grand theft auto like mowing over old women with machine guns and just yeah just doing outrageous <laughs> stuff and it was so funny uh but they used to always joke and be like do your homework, do this. You're never going to make a profession out of playing video games and how wrong they were because now we got people making billions of dollars, but it wasn't my path. It was a good time. All oh my lasted. gosh. Like
1: every, you know, I'm not bashing parents do things out of love and they do what they do best. I mean, it's all for the betterment of the kid, but I'm just trying to make an example that you cannot let the, after a certain age, don't let outsiders control your subconscious mind. A point to note here with these three manifesting tips we just gave you, the elements of manifesting, don't mistake in what we're saying for like, all I have to do is think and now it'll happen for me. I don't think that at all. I believe that action is a major, 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 major player here. You have to learn to listen to your intuition. And I think Brian is probably the best at it. You're probably the one person I know who's really mastered that part where you can manifest something. Well, first you can get clear on it. Manifest it, and then you take inspired action. Um, You've done that at several pivotal moments in your life, I feel. And I've only learned from you, and it's helped me immensely too, that when you do manifest something or it's like, you know, I just want to land this client, or I just want this or I want that, you have to be able to be aware enough to see it when it appears in front of your mind. Or when you're inspired with some thought or an idea or inspired to go talk to someone or email somebody, without any limit limiting beliefs any self esteem or confidence issues you have to go for it and that's when things align for you
0: yeah i totally agree so an example for this is kind of funny so when nina and i first started manifest ventures several years ago we were at a restaurant and i had this concept of nina what if we started to work to help me project the experience that I've gained in this position that I'm in, in the entrepreneurial community and startups and investing, and I get to see a lot of these really neat innovations and meet really interesting people. What if we started working at being able to help me with speaking on these different topics in terms of startups, investing, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, things that I was excited about, passionate about, very interested in, and then use that as an opportunity and segue after we build up some credibility to be able to insert these topics that are so innately important to us, like consciousness, manifestation, diet, uh, the type of exercise protocols we do that are really monumentally impactful on the different things we do. And so we were at this restaurant and we came up with this concept and literally wrote it down on the back of a napkin. And then soon after that, we created the company, and Nina began to help me in terms of getting speaking engagements, landing them, helping me prepare for them. And a couple years later, I've probably had, what, 50 or 60, I think over 60 now, now. international speaking engagements since we started this and began this manifestation process for the company called Manifest Ventures.
1: And the thing about that is, too, is that when... When we were thinking about this, it really was just an idea. I remember we were sitting at Small Batch here in St. Louis outside. It was like summertime. And I did see that he was an an extremely great place in your career, I feel, like for your age at least. And as an outsider, I was able to look in. I'm like, you know, like he has so much that he can share. And he is so good at speaking, and he's so he enjoys it as well too. And you weren't really known for doing speaking engagements at the time. It was something we pulled out of thin air. Yeah, like not it was at all. A, it was an idea literally. And I'm like, you know, this could be a company on its own. It could be a line of revenue. It could be, it could be something that makes him happy and is also a good thing to do in the San Louis area. But it went beyond that. I think we skipped St. Louis for like six months and we ended up in like Korea and China.
0: But well, actually, right before that happened and we first started on this process and we thought, you know, I feel like in the future, if we build this and position this the right way, that we can both leverage it and we can get paid and generate revenue off of teaching others through speaking engagements, whether that's through, cryptocurrency or investing or consciousness talks, whatever we want to do, but we've got to build that traction up first to get people to understand that we do this, that we're good at it, that we have a well-respected identity within the speaking community. And I remember as we started to visualize this, it was only a matter of A month, I want to say, when I got reached out to completely unsolicited on my behalf from an organization in St. Louis that said, hey, we have an opportunity where we really need somebody that has expertise in blockchain and crypto to come speak to one of our Fortune 50 clients and we'll pay you if you come in and speak to them. And this was like a month after we started this. And then after that, things started to unfold where I started um, getting more opportunities to get paid for speaking engagements, started getting flown around the world to speak at different places. And then the rate went up. And so it literally has, over time, created a mechanism for us to generate revenue by helping teach other people and speaking about things we're passionate about.
1: But here's the process. Like, it was something we both wanted. Well, first it was an idea. And it was like, wow, like... You know, he loves to do this. I love business. I love operating and running companies. I love that whole process of doing things. So I'm like, yeah, this is great. And I was just starting to dabble into the Instagram world at the time and learning how to market somebody in the whole, you know, tech influencer thing. I was learning that as we, as we went, it wasn't something we, you know, we didn't hire a team to do any of this. And in doing so, you look back on the process and say, one, it was aligned with Brian and what he wanted to do. It was aligned with me because I like to do business and I was the one running everything and basically pitching him everywhere. And three, we took inspired action. We took the necessary steps to create an LLC, to create a brand, to create a company, to pay whatever fees and taxes we had to do to make this happen. And then built his uh, social media profiles and did the sales calls, the emails that we had to do to make all of this come to fruition. So you see, it took an idea, it took a thought, It took the right idea because it was aligned with both of our hearts.
0: It took a lot of visualization. Visualization,
1: and it took a lot of inspired action on that. And then consistency and follow through all came naturally because we were aligned with it and we were manifesting it in the appropriate manner.
0: Exactly. And
1: Seems like magic, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of time, a lot of work that went into it, and a lot of sitting there and thinking about exactly what we wanted it to look like. I think one of the coolest things about it, too, is that as it's occurred and as the process has played out, the subsequent and synergistic doors that have opened because of that are more than I could ever imagine. Like
1: I even think, like, I think for me, before, the door, before you talk about the doors and the opportunities, just like seeing you... I remember for me, it became real when I started to see, I mean, I know there's places in St. Louis, but we went to Paris and I was the one recording in Paris. I was usually with him on all these trips recording these things, except for maybe one or two. And to just see him there in front of thousands and thousands of people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this was just like a side idea, like a side hustle idea we had to leverage your career path into just sharing it with like a broader audience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll give an example. Like one of the early international speaking engagements I had was in Seoul, South Korea, and I went over there and I spoke on a panel about blockchain and cryptocurrency and kind of the future of financial technology. And I was invited to do that by the Korean government. And I got there, I, you know, had the opportunity. I did the speaking engagement. There was a couple day conference. I got to meet some really great people. And because of my knowledge in the cryptocurrency space, about six or seven months after that, I got reached out to by one of the organizers of that conference. And he goes, Brian, I have left that organization that I was a part of, and I'm creating a new startup company. And this new startup company is a blockchain-based decentralized social networking service. And I would love it if you would come on board as one of our global advisors for this business. And so I learned more about it, see if it was something that I could be valuable for them and help them with. And sure enough, it was something I was interested in. I thought it had a lot of potential. So because of that, I got retained and came on board as one of their global advisors and helped them with strategy and marketing and different fundraising opportunities. And sure enough, they've built out the product. It's now launched. You can download the beta now. The actual product is called Foresting. And it's basically a blockchain-based social networking service similar to like an Instagram that you can actually get paid in cryptocurrency for the content that you publish. And so it develops this community where you can post valuable content and your audience can then engage with you and pay you for that content. And that was all because of a speaking engagement, like, but for me going to Seoul, I would have never met this person that then turned into being a global advisor on their company now, and they've raised over $50 million since I uh, joined that team. And because of that, I also got connected with another blockchain-focused company in Korea that I formed a partnership with that um, you know, I've been working with for a while as well. And so it's just amazing at some of the opportunities that have came out of this, and all this literally started on the back of a napkin at a restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's really amazing to look back. And honestly, if you look at everything in your life right now, you could say like, oh, well, I was probably subconsciously manifesting this. I probably manifested that. I mean, we're sitting here doing a podcast today on a legit podcast table with professional mics and tech equipment and all this. This was just a thought months ago. And although I've had quite the road with this podcast, um, it's finally where I want it to be. And I know down the line in the future, although I'm not thinking about it that much, unless now I'm explaining to you guys, I'm kind of just enjoying the moment right now and trying to, you know, be better at my craft and get better at this skill and learn as I go with Brian It's just something that like, wow, like sometimes we don't take enough time to step back and say, I thought about this so much and then I took action and then I just didn't stop. And I think that's how you manifest things in life. Absolutely, Um, It definitely takes time to practice. And as I'm sitting here, I was thinking that at 31 years old now, there are things that I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but I can look back and say, I may not you know, have the experiences or have the certain things that I thought that I would maybe would want at 31 right now. And it's mainly because if I'm being super honest with myself, I'm not focusing on those things. You know, I feel like I have tunnel vision with just four or five different things in my life that I repetitively think about, repetitively write down on a piece of paper and constantly visualize whether I'm driving, working out, running outside in the shower doing my morning journaling, when I'm cooking, when I'm playing with the dogs, taking them for a walk, there are just four or five things that I'm always thinking about. And everything else that maybe I should have at 31 or should be doing or whatever, it's just not on my radar. And I think that when you're not giving your awareness to something, it doesn't really have room to appear. Mm -hmm. You know? So that just goes to say, like, focus is everything. Your attention is truly everything. And I'll get into that later a little bit. But right now, I want to do something fun. I want to show you guys how we both each do like active practices on our own for manifesting. So these are things that I maybe do every day or like every other day. So my first one um, is I, in the past, I don't do this anymore actually. This was before I moved to St. Louis, I would say. Probably like four or five months before I moved to St. Louis, and Brian and I decided that I would quit my job and move here so that we could be together. I was so scared to move for you <laughs> that I had no idea. Like, I didn't know if I was doing the right or wrong thing, but I knew that I had to try. And so, before I'd go to work every morning in Philly, I would write down a little piece of notepad paper every single morning after my protein shake. Like, I did not skip a day. And I still have those notepads to this day in another room in a closet. I have showed them to Brian before. And I used to write down a uh, career in St. Louis, open door for my career in St. Louis, and a path for me to, a clear path to show me that i meant to move there. And I used to write it down. I used to draw the arch all the time, like on the notepad. Not really realizing, and now I think about it, that I was writing St. Louis, so that's what was going to happen. But what I was really asking for was clarity from the universe and like signs that I'm not making a stupid mistake. You know all that fear and doubt had crept in. But I really was just focused on Brian St. Louis, Brian St. Louis. That's all I was focused on. And if I was focused on the career part, it was simply for monetary gain. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had no clue at, at, at the time. So I used to write that all the time, and sure enough, I would say four months later. So see, it took time, for sure. But four months later, I was in my car driving 14 hours to move here. So I have done that before. My current practice, though, is I think of something. So say that, uh, I'll just use an example, like I want... I'm, this is not my thing that I write, but I'm going to say, I want $5 million today. So I say, I have, I'm so grateful to have received $5 million this week. That's the sentence I write out because it's in, in present moment. It's in present tense as if I already have it. And I'm experiencing that amount of wealth right now. And I show gratitude and I write it down 55 times for five days straight. You haven't done this one.
0: I haven't done this one, but I think it's good because I've done things like this in the past. And that book you mentioned earlier that is one of my favorite books, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This is actually a concept they talk a lot about in that book where you want to make sure you get what's in your head down on paper. And then the act of you doing that by thinking it and visualizing it and then actually writing it down multiple times every single day, what that actually does is it's like positive reinforcement for the circumstance in which you're trying to manifest. And by the continuation of doing that day after day, it's reprogramming your subconscious. That's, I think was what it's really doing is it's actually reprogramming the way that you're thinking about that scenario.
1: Well, I've been doing, I've probably done three or four different types of sentences like manifestations because I've been doing it for a little over a month now. And every five days I find something new to write about and I'm saving all these notepads so I can look back on them. What it does to me by the third or fourth day in, with respect to that certain manifesting thing that I'm writing down is I believe it. I start to like believe it. And then I just start free free flowing and just writing. It just comes, you know, just writing and writing. And I'm not even thinking about what I'm writing anymore. I literally just believe it. And you know what it helps me the most with is that after the fifth day, when I'm on to the next thing. I, I am able to physically, mentally, and emotionally let that manifestation go. And by that, I mean, I feel as if I have done everything to help it come forth. And now it's up to the universe or to God or whatever higher powers out there to align the circumstances to make it happen. I never think about them again.
0: So, something I would recommend when it comes to some of these practices that we're doing and I think what Nina just mentioned about writing stuff down is really important. Here's a recommendation I have. As you begin to journey into your manifesting practice, I would recommend to quit watching or reading the news.
1: Well, that's all that that has to do with the whole that's actually the third thing. That's like the whole negative thing.
0: And and the reason I say that and the reason that Nina has been writing these things down, like I mentioned, is it's actually the act of it is reprogramming your subconscious. And the media industry knows this when it comes to the news and advertisements because when they consistently hit you with information – nonstop, it's actually reprogramming your subconscious to believe it. So for example, say there's something that happened, like a lot of times when you watch the news, the majority of the topics that are covered in any given news segment are things of a low vibrational energetic frequency, meaning that they talk about negative things that really instill fear, lack, anger, or hate. Whether the people that are doing the newscast even are aware that they're doing that, those are the topics that are covered. And when you're consistently watching and reading this material, you are reprogramming your subconscious to put itself in a lack, fear, anxiety, hateful, greedy type mindset. And if you disconnect from that and really start to shift your mind and focus on manifestation and writing out these positive goals and things that you want, I guarantee that's going to help you accelerate that process because you're not going to have as much of your subconscious that's being reprogrammed in this counterintuitive manner for what you may interpret, not even realizing that you're interpreting it on the media and on news stations. So my record, I don't even watch anything news related. I don't read any news because since I've quit doing that several years ago, my life has accelerated faster than I could have imagined. And so I think that's another important tip that as you're beginning this manifestation practice, knock that stuff out altogether.
1: That's a good one. Another thing I do is I meditate. And meditation helps me to become very present and calm in the moment. So I, my mind is not sporadically racing around to what's going to happen in the future or what I don't have right now or all the things that I have to do. It kind of brings me and grounds me in the moment, in this day, and almost brings up to the surface all the things that I have currently and I have to be grateful for. And I actually appreciate the people in my life. I appreciate where I am in life in that moment. Meditation is a really good grounding tool to help you trust that day and trust your thoughts and trust what things that you want will come to fruition. That trusting leads to something else that's really big and manifesting that we touched on earlier, and that's resistance. When you start to trust the universe and trust your life and your actions and your, and your, and your world and your mind, you drop resistance. You learn to let things go. That once you've put the intention out there with a really, really pure heart and a lot of belief, and then you're just going on about about your day and being happy and doing whatever it is that you're supposed to do that day. Did you ever heard the the saying, when you let it, what is it? You let it go. I have to read this. The more you let it go, the better it becomes. There's something like that. I don't know.
0: There's also the saying, where your attention and intention go, energy flows. And that has a lot to do with what these topics we're talking about.
1: Yeah. So you have to, when you let it go, you give it room to, to come about or to manifest in some form. The fifth thing is, kind of based on what he just had said, I absolutely don't give any pay attention to if something is not happening. I actually don't even remember the first manifestation thing, and now I do actually, that I wrote about a month ago. 55 times for five days straight. And a couple days ago, I happened to be flipping through my book randomly. And I noticed two things have happened since then that are actually, I believe, direct results of what I had written down. We have those manifestations currently in our life. Mm -hmm. And I, funny because when they happened over the course of the last four weeks, I never thought, oh my God, this happened because I wrote that down 55 times. I asked for this. You see how easy it is for us to forget when something does come about to be that we've been asking for for so long. It's like we already forgot, you know, so you have to learn to let go. The other thing I do when manifesting is I get extremely clear on something. I don't that. And I think this is why I only focus on four to five things at a time. And I just shut everything else out in my mind because I'm absolutely sure of certain things. And if I'm not sure about something, I kind of just don't. I don't think about it.
0: If you are uncertain about something, you are not in a mind frame to manifest. So think long and hard about what it is that you really want. And if you have any doubt or fear about what you're trying to attain and that creeps into your subconscious, that's going to cause a reflection and projection of that and it's going to push out your manifestation until you're able to correct that and alleviate
1: that mindset it would just cause a frenzy, right? You become very like spastic. <laughs> I love the face you just made. The seventh thing I do, and this is probably going to sound extremely rude of me, but I do do this. I learned this the hard way a couple of years ago. I do not talk about my goals before they have manifested or my wishes and desires. I keep a lot of things very close to my chest. I think only three people in my life really know the things that I want and the things that I have plans for. But... And they're actually all family. Yeah, it's family and it's you. And it's no, no, none of my friends know. I don't share this with anybody. I don't share this with extended family members or any, nope, I don't. And the reason being is because I like to keep in my universe, in my little stratosphere, possibilities. I like to keep it filled with faith. I like to keep it filled with belief and, and hope and just knowing that it's going to happen and I'm going to make it happen when the time is right And I will slowly inch my way there. I don't like when other people, and I'm being very honest about this, they give me a judgmental look like I'm crazy.
0: It's a very important point when you're moving through this manifestation process to keep things very close to yourself and not share them because for some reason, our society is ingrained in a fashion where people try to tell you that you cannot do things If it's something that maybe they don't have the courage to do themselves. And I don't mean it's the exact same thing, but maybe it's like you're trying to go after some big goal and other people are very easy to judge you. They're also very easy to tell you that you cannot accomplish that thing. And I think whenever other people tell you that, it's actually a projection of themselves And of their own insecurity, basically, is what I'm trying to say, or their own fear or lack or doubt that maybe they don't think they could achieve it, even though they could, but they're just in that mindset. So they try to project that on you by telling you that you can't do it. And the problem with that when it comes to manifesting is if all of a sudden you're trying to manifest something and now you're sharing this with other people, then they start trying to cut you down about it, that's going to allow some subconscious anxiety or fear or lack creep up in your mind. And you want to be laser focused on what you want. So keep that information to yourself or the very closest people around you that understand that are not going to judge you and only support you for getting there.
1: Do you remember, this is completely off, like what I had planned for the ending here. Do you remember when you and Ben Burke did a speaking gig at CIC and it was about ideas and energy or something like that.
0: It was about taking an idea and creating form around so it. So,
1: he had mentioned, I remember, he said that when we now he had a he had two parts to this. When we talk about ideas and we put ourselves out there and we're like gunning it and making it happen, we become successful or we fail because of the shared energy. So, if I, if I have an idea as an entrepreneur, I shouldn't be shy, I shouldn't be scared. I should take the necessary, appropriate steps when the time is right, not prematurely. When I have a product, when I have it you know, nailed down, I should be out there and confident about my product and make it happen. Because other people who like my product or investors who are believers in me, their energy is going to fuel me and the product and the company. But the same is applicable to those people in your life that always question everything or always judge everything you're doing or always want to play it safe or they don't understand. It could be your friend. It could be your closest friend. If that person doesn't understand what you're doing and they're not in the best of places, their mind is going to give you energy that you don't need. I know somebody who does this. Uh, what's her name? What is her name? She has a podcast too. You mentioned her this morning. Oh, Kim Zolciak-Beerman. She has a podcast and I listened to it. She said that when she came out with her makeup line, it was her and her three daughters, her and her first daughter actually. She said, I didn't tell anybody. I kept it so close and I wanted to say it so many times. There were so many marketing uh, opportunities I had to you know, talk about the makeup line that was coming, but I absolutely had to make sure the product was finished packaging, logistics, shipping, all that stuff was up and running and done before I actually let the cat out of the bag because I didn't want other people's negative, jealous energy to stop or ruin anything. She goes, that stuff is real and I'm 40 years old and it's taken me this long to learn that lesson. She's like, not everybody is happy for you. Just believe that and move on in life.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that point.
1: So before we wrap this up, I kind of want to leave, I know it's a lot of information and manifesting this and that, I want to leave with a pro tip, just a one simple one-liner that is easy for you guys to always, always, always remember. If you drill anything into your heads after this episode, this should be it. Thoughts become things, or in other words, thoughts are things. And a very good way to define that to you that may be relatable since we've been using money as an example when you think about something, you're putting your energy. So I'm thinking about that window over there. That means I'm putting my energy towards that window. Energy is the currency, so it's the money, of that experience. When you put your thought towards something, you better believe it that you're going to be buying into that experience. And this is why you must make sure that it is exactly what you want and that it's positive and it's what you want to to happen or manifest in your life as an experience or as a, as a thing in your physical reality. Do you have any pro tips for us?
0: No, I think that's a really, really important one. And on the flip side, it operates in the same way, which is why it's so important to be conscious and aware of what you are thinking at all times. And in a past episode, I believe it was our growth mindset episode, I gave this example of if you had a window in the side of your head that allowed the public to view in and see the thoughts that you were thinking, would you ever think a negative thought? Well, likely you wouldn't do it nearly as often as probably most people do right now because there's an accountability mechanism. So allow yourself to be your own judge in terms of holding yourself accountable at all times and pretend like you have this window there because if you're thinking about negative things or complaining or something that you don't want to happen, you are going to project that out and those things are going to continue to happen to you. So until you learn to shift that and really focus on what you want as if you already have it as opposed to what I don't want, that is probably one of the most important things. It took me a long time to realize this in terms of I want this thing or I don't want this thing. And when I say I want this thing, don't just say I want this thing. Say I have this thing, whatever it happens to be. And for a long time, as I was first going through and learning about this manifestation process, it's easy, especially with how programmed we are, all are with society, it's easy to think, I don't want that to happen to me. I, I would like this. But I really don't want that to happen. And when you have a mindset of you don't want something to happen, that thing is going to continue to pop up in different forms or fashions through different experiences. But when you recognize that that's how this reflection operates within the universe, you will begin to understand the laws of how manifestation operates and how those laws operate is to visualize as if you have it, and then it will accelerate its path to your experience in present day and time
1: you know, you just brought up a really good point. I focused or we focused a lot on this episode of manifesting things like materialistic things. I didn't really use other examples with what you just said thoughts. And if people can look into our, um, minds through a window, what about when it comes to manifesting or like putting our thoughts and energy towards things, this applies in this scenario too. And I'll let you explain the scenario, but it's when We are thinking about somebody, whether it's a parent, um, a significant other, a friend, a boss, a coworker, a cousin, a relative, a friend. If there is somebody that you don't like or you're having a little bit of friction with or you just don't like the way someone does things and you start to nitpick and pinpoint mentally in your mind, you're not saying this to other people, you're always focusing on Just what a bad person they are, or the qualities that you don't like about that person.
0: Yeah, whenever you start to do that, what you're basically doing is projecting your own insecurities at that person, as opposed to reflecting a love based emotion at that individual. And what I've learned is that if you have somebody that you have friction with, the best thing that you can possibly do is think about what they have provided to you or what they do that you are grateful for and what you love about that person. And once you do that, that shifts the frequency in which you're resonating and vibrating at. And when you do that, there's going to be experiences and circumstances that occur that are going to elevate and enhance that total surrounding whenever it comes to that person. But if you're constantly in your mind saying, I just hate when this person does this or I hate the way this person does that then that's going to continue to happen until you learn, until you pass that spiritual test of how you're supposed to engage with others. And a lot of that has to do with another episode that we released recently about ego. It's because anytime you're judging somebody or anytime you're thinking about something you don't like in another person, that's just your ego talking. That's not truly who you are and what you think. That's just your programmatic ego that is identifying something that you don't think you like. When in reality, all you have to do is say, That person is great. I love that person and I appreciate what they've done for me and I'm very grateful for them and that will shift.
1: I have read a book called Ask and It's Given and The Secret and they both came at a very pivotal time in my life. And one thing that I remember specifically them saying is if you want to manifest the right relationship, the right husband, the right wife, the right right boyfriend or girlfriend in your life... You have to start focusing on the good qualities, and they said this for somebody who wasn't married, and then they went on and said, uh, gave an example for somebody who was married. So I'll give you the married one. They said you have to start counting and writing down all the good things about that person. You're too busy focusing on the bad. You know, if you're if you're if you're having marital issues, that's what they were talking about. Like, start to focus on all the things that that person's good at the things that that person does for you or that makes you happy or the characteristics or personality traits that you do like about this person and continuously focus on them, write them down, always focus on the good, the good, the good. The universe is gonna do one of two things. Either that person's going to automatically on their own change eventually over time for the better or the universe is going to remove that person and give you somebody else who matches the positive.
0: And something else I think that's important, and we didn't really touch on it a lot throughout this episode, but what we spoke about mostly was manifesting experiences and things that are more on the three-dimensional material plane, and we didn't really talk much about manifesting things that are unseen. And I think that's important to note because some people may just want to manifest that they're in a happy state all the time. They don't need something thing or some financial reward or some house or some new job. They maybe just want to start with the financial state of, I want to be, I'm sorry, with the mental state of, I want to be happy at all times. And that is a great place to start. I want to be grateful and happy and joyful in everything that I do. The best way to do that is to write down, how you want to feel, what those feelings are like, and then begin to visualize and have it in whatever you're doing on a daily basis. And then you're manifesting something that is unseen, but you're still getting an emotional response from it that is elevating you because it's raising your energetic frequency. And so there is just as much things in the unseen that exist, if not more, that come into contact with how we operate on a daily basis than what there is in the scene. And to be able to master that first, I think, is the step one in terms of being able to master things in the world where you can actually touch and feel them.
1: I agree a thousand percent. You have to come from a very happy, positive place in your heart and your mind when you go to manifest something or whether it's a thing or it's an experience or it's a person or it's a feeling. When you're happy, I think all bets are off. You could just do, you don't even need the steps we just talked about. I think a happy person always attracts great health, loving relationships, great career, great purpose, because that person finds happiness at every single angle, point, step, day of life, you know? And I think that's the key to life. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons as humans, we come on earth anyway, is to learn attaining things is not going to make you happy. Any external thing is not going to make us happy. You are happy. Happiness comes from within. So you listen, read, read all the books you want or do anything. You have to know thoughts become things. And two, when you're in a happy state of mind and you manifest, it is so easy and it'll happen much, much quicker. All right, we're done with that. I think, I think we've said enough.
0: Sure, let's move on, <laughs> on to the books. Do you want to walk through the books?
1: Uh, yeah, so we've got three books for you guys today. One is The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. Two is The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. Three is The Secret by Rhonda Byrne or Brian. I should probably learn how to say that name. And then the fourth one is Ask and Is Given, which I think you're currently listening to, Mm -hmm. by Jerry and Esther Hicks. I love that book. That's an amazing book.
0: That's a really good one. I'm in the middle of that book right now. And I would say out of all of the books around manifestation that I've listened to or read, that one does probably the best job of breaking it down in just very simple, easy-to-understand layman's terms and gives you very good practical steps
1: about application for it. Did you know that they have like 10 more books?
0: I did like not, on but specific I, we'll things? check it out. Quote. Keep quote. To us. All right, everyone. It's quote time. So our quote on manifestation for this particular episode is, by a gentleman named Robert Collier, and it is, our subconscious minds have no sense of humor, play no jokes, and cannot tell the difference between reality and an imagined thought or image. What we continually think about eventually will manifest in our lives. And I think this is so important because we mentioned this multiple times throughout this episode is, our subconscious minds, they're not trying to play jokes with us, they're not trying to trick us. If we think about something we don't want, we're going to get it. If we think about something we do want, we're going to get it. So make sure you get your mind right when you're trying to figure these things out and only be thinking about the positivity in what you do want at all times, not about what you don't want or else you're going to get that.
1: It's a good one. All right, guys, don't forget to rate and review us if you got any value out of our podcast. Also, we started a new promotion. If you screenshot us your rating or reviews, DM it to us, or if your friends and family, please feel free to text it to us, and we will send you a free gift as a token of our appreciation.
0: Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.